Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. Today, we have Christina Kerb. She is a certified nutritional therapy practitioner, former restaurant chef, and the author of an awesome new book called Made Whole, Made Simple. She has another one as well we will discuss. Her wellness website and very popular food blog, if you haven't heard of it, is thecastawaykitchen.com. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Elle. Let's talk a bit about, uh, before we get into your book and, and all of the things that you do, let's talk about what led you here because you have a food as medicine journey that's very interesting, and I'd love you to share that with everybody. Yeah, so I um, I have a skin condition called hydrodenitis superativa. It's a mouthful. Um, people often just refer to it as HS for short, um, and I've had it since I was about 13 years old. And imagine, I you know, so 18 years living with this condition, um, just you know, I don't know, not living, it's suffering. It's, 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 it's horrible. It causes, um, abscesses and boils and they're very delicate areas often where there's, um, a concentration of lymph nodes. So underarm, inner thigh, groin area, some people get them like under the breast, you can get them on the back sometimes, or, um, it's embarrassing. It's painful. Um, and medicine that I tried, you know, I did the conventional route earlier in my life and it did nothing for me. So I actually found a blog post by Tara Grant on Raw Wolf's website of all things. Okay. Well, and let's mention Tara Grant for a second because Primal Blueprint Publishing published her book on her basically curing and helping her same skin condition. Yeah. The hidden plague. Uh, The hidden plague. Yeah. So I just wanted to give a shout out to that. So, so you actually saw something by her and that's what led you in this direction. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, I had hit like that rock bottom point where I had kind of dealt with it, dealt with this my whole life, just, you know, as best as I knew how, um, usually a lot of bandages and ibuprofen and antibiotics, but I was 30 years old. I had a two year old baby. We were living in Hawaii and it just had gotten worse. It was getting worse. And I, I just, I remember thinking like, this can't be it. This cannot be how I'm going to live the rest of my life. Um, and so I went to Google and as many people do, right. When they want to heal. And I will, you know, five years ago, I think search results were a little different, right? So Rob Bull's website was the first thing that popped up. Um, this, I like, I think I searched, you know, holistic remedy for, or healing HS at home or something. And I'm reading this article and this woman is the way she's explaining her symptoms and what, and what she did and how, oh my goodness, food, food, there's a correlation. And I, I was like, I remember being relieved and angry (laughs) that no doctor I had ever seen had mentioned food before. Um, and I was a restaurant chef, so I'm like, I can do food. (laughs) So I bought her book and she does, she outlines a modified autoimmune protocol in her book, the hidden plague and reading the book, um, was a game changer for me. And so through that, I learned about, um, you know, the autoimmune protocol and also like whole 30 and just this entire world of like ancestral health. And I had done paleo back in 2008, um, at the behest of a naturopath doctor in Miami. And it, I did see like some weight loss, but not really relief in my skin condition because of course, back then I was eating tons of nightshades, which I know now are one of my biggest trigger foods. So that was the start. I, I, I read that article. I went, head first into the research and, you know, I read Primal Blueprint, I bought Wired to Eat, I bought all the books 
and I started changing the way I cooked and lo and behold, I mean, it took a while, but I put, I put it in remission. I mean, I I've been in remission now for several years and I cannot tell you how much that has changed my life. You know, it's so amazing. Um, one of my best friends who I had on the podcast, actually, it sounds pretty gratuitous, but the reason I had her on is because she was all, she's also a professional chef, uh, Courtney Contos, and she uh, cured herself of rheumatoid arthritis through a grocery bag and basically prevented a life sentence in a freaking wheelchair. So here you are, you're going to all these doctors, nobody brings up the simplest explanation right. and possible solution. So tell us... Um, so AIP, for those that don't know, autoimmune protocol, there are so many things that affect people with autoimmune disorders. Uh, there's people with Hashimoto's that have issues with foods high in histamines like cinnamons or even tomatoes, right? Nightshades. Mm. Um, aside from nightshades, what were the things as you're going along the journey, and obviously you, you got it into remission, but on that way, what were the things other than the nightshades that you were like, ooh, you know what? That's not good either. You know, what were some of the other discoveries you made? Yeah, it was definitely like peeling like back the layers of an onion. I felt, um, when I kind of discovered one thing, so I went, you know, hardcore paleo. Um, I, you know, cause I had kind of been gluten-free dabbling for a while, but I felt into that pitfall that a lot of people do where they're, I'm going to go gluten-free to be healthier, but I'm eating all the packaged gluten-free food. Um, and it's still, you know, it's still processed food. Right. So I discovered that I had to be completely grain-free, um, for at least, you know, for a long time, I couldn't, tolerate any grains. And even now I don't do well with most of them. Um, dairy ended up being a trigger for me and it continues to be. Um, but of course I, once you heal, you can add things back in. Right. So now I have more tolerance to some dairy products. Uh, sugar, sugar was a big one. Cause even when I did the autoimmune protocol, I started like, I, I'm really big on food and mood journals or like, um, you know, tracking kind of food intake and symptoms, especially when you're trying to reverse symptoms with diet. And I started seeing these correlations between days that I would bake and having a flare or the days that I would kind of overdo it on the plantain chips and have a flare. And I realized that, excuse me, that I wasn't reacting that well to very starchy foods and sweeteners like honey and even maple syrup. So that was actually when I then began to dabble in keto. But of course, this was this was three years ago and keto was at its peak. But back then, even three years ago, there weren't that many, um, there, there wasn't that much information on doing keto without dairy. Cause what you just saw on mainstream, when you just looked up keto was a lot of like cream cheese and, you know, just the, the fat head dough. And I was like, well, I can't eat that stuff. So, um, I just kept calling it low carb paleo, <laughs> you know, I was like, whatever, I'll make my own thing. And, uh, you know, of course, Mark Sisson's content has always kind of been in that realm. And I just, I always tell people it's okay to course correct. It's okay to, um, it, your needs are also going to change over time. Um, so I then ended up doing this mashup of keto, but also without nightshades, without dairy, and then without most nuts. Um, because hydrogen isoportiva isn't just an autoimmune, it's auto-inflammatory as well. Um, and it comes with a lot of symptoms. Like I do get the swollen joints or, or tender gums. I get brain fog. I get fatigue. Um, like pain, like joint pain and just in general. So, so it's not just skin and it's skin right. plus. Yeah. Plus, plus, right. All the things. Um, and so while a flare might not be just a skin, like a skin flare up, but I, I do get these other symptoms almost right away when I eat something that my body's like, no girl, not right now. Mm -hmm. Um, so those were, you know, so I really, I really am pro ancestral health, ancestral template. I do feel that the goal for anyone should be to heal their gut, you know, manage their stress, optimize their digestion, and be able to reintroduce as many foods as possible. 
but oftentimes in this winding up and down, like emotional roller coaster that can be navigating the food as medicine journey on your own. Like I did for so long, I made a lot of mistakes Al. I mean, I remember trying to reintroduce nuts and then I did them all at once. And then I had a reaction and I couldn't tell what it was. And I kept kind of, so I've omitted and reintroduced nuts. I don't know how many times. And I know I don't do well with cheese, but sometimes if I'm traveling, sure, dairy isn't going to cause an autoimmune reaction. It just causes some dandruff, right? So I'm like, okay, sometimes that's okay. And then when I don't want to deal with it anymore, I stop eating it. And you kind of learn to listen to your body's signals. Um, But it's been five years in the making of learning how to read those signals, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, and and how how long have you been able to be sort of symptom-free, at least with the welts and the awful HS symptoms that you, you know, plagued you for so many years? Oh, wow. Yeah, it's been um, almost four years now. Um, in that, in the last four years, I've only had two flare ups and it was because I ingested nightshades accidentally. Um, but even then they were shorter flare ups and I knew it was happening and they like ended, you know, it didn't like keep going. It's so amazing. I've, I've, again, I've, you're the third chef I've spoken to. Seamus Mullen is one of them who reduced, who, who reversed his rheumatoid arthritis as well, had to look at food. And, you know, what's great about, I hate to say it, but it's like, what's great about you people getting these diseases is then you can offer recipes and more <laughs> flavor and more, more interesting things to our life when we have to go on an autoimmune protocol. Um, <clears throat> nightshades. So I don't have an autoimmune disorder. But um, I have had issues with histamine intolerance. And also I noticed for me, and again, this is about paying attention, right? So I would notice that every time I'd eat tomatoes or something with tomatoes in it, I would get, a not like you, but I would get one of those painful subterranean pimples start brewing. Uh-huh. And it would just, it was like clockwork every time. And I'm like, damn it. And you just have to go, hold on a minute. This is coming up. What? Oh, yep. Had some tomato sauce or had some tomato, you know? And so... Can I every now and then, but I wouldn't before something important, like it might be your dandruff, like I'd be like, okay, but then we got to look at the fact that if that is happening underneath the skin, what else is it doing, right? So it's just got to be limited. And you know why I love BLTs, now they're kind of missing the T, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Right. and that's okay. Like they're still perfectly tasty lettuce and bacon (laughs) with with mayo or whatever together. Um, Tell us a little bit about your first book, because Made Whole, Made Simple is your second one that's coming out. Um, tell us about the first one. Yeah. So I I mean, as a chef, I always wanted to write a book. It's like this dream, right, that every chef has. And it's interesting because when I discovered that I wasn't, I couldn't work in restaurant kitchens anymore. I mean, I can't eat tomatoes and peppers and, you know, I, it was like this huge blow. To, and, I, and I thought my career was over working with food. But then I started the blog and it opened up all these other doors. So it was a dream come true to get um, that book deal um, with Victory Belt. And so Made Whole is really about like what you said, like I I took the silver lining right of my, you know, I made, I got that those lemons, I made lemonade. And I thought if I'm going to eat this way, I'm going to make it fun. I'm going to make it delicious. And so Made Whole is this big foodie cookbook. The recipes are super internationally inspired um, and they are nightshade free, nut free, dairy free. A lot of them are AIP compliant, autoimmune payload compliant, but they're also all low carb. Um, You know, they're soy free, corn free. So all the frees essentially. And but they're delicious and colorful. Um, I mean, and there's, you know, like arroz con pollo. So there's like Cuban, I mean, they have croquetas de jamón, like because I'm Cuban. So like Cuban recipes. And I even have like a char siu ramen in there. And don't even ask like how I made char siu without nightshades, but I did. And um, there's, you know, there's, yeah, like shawarma and 
delicious desserts yeah. and decadence. There's a cauliflower Alfredo that is life-changing. Magic ingredient, people, fish sauce. Because the fish sauce is umami. And the crystals on the H Parmesan, that's umami too. And so the little fish sauce in this cauliflower Alfredo, I mean, it's you're, you can't tell the difference. It's incredible. Yeah. That's amazing. And then what led you to write a second one? So after I wrote Made Whole... And honestly, the response to my first book was just absolutely incredible. I never thought in a million years, I mean, there's over 600 reviews on Amazon. It's like five stars. People love this book. I was so touched and I started getting messages out. So many messages from people, like you said, like people who didn't even know that they were reacting to certain foods, but they saw my book at Costco and they picked it up and they love the recipe. So they're cooking from it like nonstop. And then, okay, well, they're going to cook something from another book or buy something. And then all of a sudden they have marinara or they have some eggplant and then these symptoms come back. I mean, I had people, I mean, rheumatoid arthritis symptoms, um, even someone with like an esophagus disorder would like swelled up. So it was really incredible seeing people realizing their own need to use food as medicine uh, because of my first book. So I actually enrolled in the NTA, which is like a health coaching program, the Nutritional Therapy Association, um, after I wrote Made Whole because I wanted to learn more and I wanted to be able to work with people one-on-one because I truly fell in love with helping people. Um, And what I learned through that curriculum is this wonderful bio-individual approach to healing through like foundational health, like really looking at digestion and looking at hydration and mineral balance and looking at fatty acid balance and um, looking at blood sugar regulation and hormone health and giving people the tools to bring balance to their systems so they don't have to follow specific dietary plans, but really understand what's happening inside their body. Because even after all my elimination diets and all this stuff, I still felt very restricted in the way I was eating. And I didn't realize that even after years of healing, I still had underlying symptoms I hadn't addressed. And after I went through the NTA program, I realized I had SIBO and I had low stomach acid and these underlying things that made me so reactive to so many foods. And when I addressed those symptoms, oh my gosh, a whole new world opened up. I became so much more resilient And I think that word resiliency is what people who live with chronic illness is what we're really searching for, not just to be stuck in, in, in remission through this like super extreme diet, but to have flexibility in our lifestyle and be able to bounce back from travel, from eating out. Right. And yeah, that's what I wrote my second book for to give people that. Well, yeah, no. And I want to interject on that because so it's interesting. So you can fix the thing, like you stop eating the things that are making you have these welts and the HS skin disorder. However, that doesn't mean that that whole entire time you suffered other shiz didn't go wrong, that you have to correct. That happened to me too, right? You know, I corrected my thyroid problem through thyroid hormone replacement. However, during that time that I was, quote, in that hypothyroidism disease state, other stuff went out of whack that no amount of food was going to fix. I had to do other things, right, to get there. And I think that's what you're getting at too is, you know, that's something to always look at because great, yes, oh, I'm not getting any more welts anymore, but uh-oh, what was going wrong throughout my system the whole time and what else needs to be corrected? Because I'm sure you felt this way. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but almost everyone who goes through this kind of journey, you get to a point where you're like, oh my gosh, thank God, no more welts or oh, no more, no more joint pain. But then you don't realize there's actually a better new normal. Do you know what I'm saying here? You yes. know what I'm saying? Because you feel good, but then you're like, ah, but actually... And then you look back, you go, oh my God, there's a whole new level. There's another step. You got to keep going, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you do, you don't realize when you feel like, you know, when you're operating at 20% and then when you start operating at like 60%, you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. But when you finally like reach like a hundred percent, you're like, whoa, hold on. Like, this is what it's like to be like really imbalanced to be able to, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like it was, I, I had my symptoms under control, but I also lived in a constant, I remember being out at, to dinner with my husband. We were at this restaurant and of course, like a psycho, I always like, look up at the restaurant, look up the menu, read the Yelp reviews. Like I scrutinize every place before we go out to eat because I want to make sure that I'm going to be safe there. And we're sitting there and I ordered the food and I could tell that the place had just opened and the staff wasn't very like, you know, I, I worked in the bit, so I know. And I'm like, Oh dear Lord, here we go. And I remember just telling my husband, like, you know what? I refuse to make this a, a, a stressful situation because even being stressed is going to mess up my digestion. And then I for sure will react to the food. So I ordered a glass of wine and I chilled the F out and I enjoyed my meal. And I realized in that moment I had to surrender to it, right? You have to just kind of let go, exhale and say, there are things I can't control, but I'm just going to focus on what I can control. And, and what I can control is not being like miserable all the time because this is going to be forever, you know? No, it's amazing. And also, too, I want to just touch on this because um, you've suffered. I've suffered. Yeah. Let's talk about, um, I, I'm sure, while you're suffering, what an embarrassing thing, shame, ew, right? Probably not really fun for dating and all sorts of other things when you've got some disease you haven't figured out yet. It sucks. I mean, let's just be honest about it. But both Christine and I are here to tell you that there's an end. You got to persevere, but let's talk a little bit about some of the feelings you were going through, not just necessarily the physical stuff, but, you know, emotional and mental, because I know that that's a big part of it. And it's so tough too, because you got friends everywhere. Like, have you tried this? Have you tried this? And everyone's looking at you like you're a crazy hypochondriac until you then find the answer. And then you're like, aha, but you know, there's a lot of healing that has to be done emotionally and mentally. So I'd love you to touch on a little bit about where you were mentally and emotionally. And, you know, obviously you're, you're, you've moved through that, but talk to us about how that felt. Yeah. Um, so there is definitely a lot of trauma. I mean, I'm, I'm in therapy. I, I go to, I'm a big proponent for, for mental health and that support because growing up with a disease that manifests on your skin and it is, it's embarrassing and going through puberty. And I grew up in Miami, which I'm sure similar to LA. It's like, it's warm year round. There's people are scantily clad, like a lot of pool parties, boat parties, you know, people are half naked all the time. And being embarrassed to be in a swimsuit or wearing shorts over my bathing suit or, you know, and because of the nature of my condition, like it did, you know, it hurt like being in pain, wincing when I sat down or, or not being able to walk right, but then making up, no one knew. Oh, like it was a full-time job to keep this hidden from my friends and even guys I dated. I mean, it was, it was just so, I was so self-conscious all the time and it was exhausting to exert so much energy into hiding this that I was so ashamed of. And big, a big part of the shame was because I didn't understand what was happening. And doctors would tell me that it was my fault, that I had to clean better, that I had to whatever. So I'm thinking like, oh my God, I'm gross and I'm dirty and I'm, this is embarrassing. And so discovering that it wasn't my fault, that you know, there's things going on inside my body, that was huge for me. And I felt so empowered when I began to see the changes um, that you know I was married at the time. And my husband obviously he, you know, he like saw me birth a baby, you know, so he saw me, he seen my whole body. He knew about my skin condition. It's something we had talked about, you know? Um, and, but he was the first person that I remember like talking to, you know, that when we were going to be intimate, I was like, okay, like 
you know, we're in love. I want to tell you about this. Let me show you what's going on. It's not contagious. It's not an STD. It's not because it's just, this is what I deal with. And he was amazing and he's amazing and he still is. Um, and so when I was trying to navigate my food changes and dietary changes, he was very supportive. Um, but I will tell you, I didn't tell people, I mean, I was sharing on my blog, but just under the guise of more like just autoimmune stuff. And I remember when I wrote that first blog post, it was like my coming out post. And it was like, this is what's happening. This is what I'm doing. And the amount of messages I have received, I mean, from my loved ones, from ex-boyfriends, from friends of friends saying, my sister has that, my boyfriend has that, my mother has that. Like I have that so many people coming out of the woodwork saying, oh my gosh, I have that too. And I never knew what it was. Um, it was so healing for me, Elle, because I, I still have scars on my body. I have scars on my body that will never go away. And if I wear shorts or I'm in a bathing suit, you can see them. But I will tell you that I'm in a place now where I don't care. I lived yeah, in Hawaii. You got no shame about your no. shame now. Yeah. No. And I went to the beach and I, and I wore the bathing suits and sometimes people would look, sometimes people would ask and I don't care. But I just, if someone's in that place where they feel ashamed, like illness, like chronic illness is nothing to be ashamed of. And if you have, if your healthcare pra- practitioner, if your care provider is making you feel ashamed, find a new doctor because I was shamed by doctors for so long. And that's just not right because, you know, it's not your fault and it's not, um, you know, and overcoming this though, I will say that it's made me stronger because growing up with this, as traumatizing as it was, I have grit. (laughs) Like, I feel like I can, Mm -hmm. there's nothing that I'm ever faced with that I feel like I can't handle. And I think that maybe the hardships in my life, um, have made me this strong. And so I'm just thankful that, you know, I'm it's, if it wasn't for the HS and these scars and the, and you know, all the things I went through, I wouldn't be who I am today. So today where I am now, I can say I am I, I, I am grateful for the journey that ha- that was, you know, that's mine, right? I own it. Yeah. And I mean, I, I said this in my new book and in general, which is, you know, some of the biggest gifts in life come wrapped in shit. I know you would never take <laughs> it back despite all those years of suffering because of what it has brought you. Um, I'm sure you also feel the same way as I do, which is uh, a level of empathy and compassion we wouldn't maybe not have had had we not gone through this. And then also the great contrast of like, it is so if you're suffering right now, and you haven't gotten to where we are, just know that this is going to end up being a success story in some way, whether you share it or not. Because when you get beyond it, the contrast of being normal and feeling wonderful compared to what you were before makes life now so much better almost because there's so many people out there in the world who've never had a health issue other than like a cold or a flu or something right. like that. And and I'm not saying that they're less grateful. I'm just saying that, wow, doesn't it really? Because like, I'm sure you have days like I do where I'll remember my old suffering self. I just want to cry for them. But in that moment, I'm just like, thank you. Oh my God, thank you. Like the gratitude never stops coming. You know what I mean? It never stops coming. A hundred percent. Yeah, so, the things that yeah. you don't realize that you don't do, right? Like I remember just not being scared of doing everything, you know? Um, and when you're in pain, like when you live with pain and I know you've dealt like the chronic pain, like it's debilitating and it, it it's like you live a half-life and when you're pain-free finally, Oh my God. It's a whole, you really, everything is brighter, beautiful. It's always a sunny day. 
Exactly. I mean, it's almost it's like I, sometimes when people are like, I've got this health issue. I'm like, actually, you're lucky. <laughs> you're going to get through it. And then life's going to be even better than it was before you had it. Um, and also, too, going back to what you originally said about like, you know, there's a lot of anger in the beginning because a lot of people go to 100 doctors like you did, like I did. Mm-hmm. And they're either mistreated, led in the wrong direction. And we expect that these people are going to know and understand because they have an MD at the end of their name. That is not the case. And I know you're an example of this. I am too. Many people we've interviewed, which is no one cares more about you than you. Get on it now. You do it. You research. You get out there. You are likely going to know more than your doctor and find answers. And look, look what one article led you to. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, I know it's the same for me. And I'm sure, you know, you've, again, like you've had people uh, contact you from all over the world where as well, you get an email like, I heard this podcast you did on that. Oh my God, I'm not crazy. Right. Yeah, it's it's true. I mean, I had a do- so my husband's active duty Navy, so we're a military family, and um, at my disposal, I had the wonderful military <laughs> military health um, <laughs> healthcare, and I had a doctor tell me that if I was desperate enough, I would eat the wall if he told me to, and this is because he wanted me to take birth control and um, and get surgery for my HS, and I remember telling him like, if you think that taking a pill. Like, I'm not saying I don't want to take the pill because I think it's hard. It's like what I'm doing is harder, but I'm telling you that it's not going to work. It's not going to help me. Like I've been on birth control before. It didn't help. And you're not treating the root cause. And he looked at me like I was insane. He said, your food choices, it's just, you know, it's correlation, not causation. Like it's all in your head. And I remember I walked out of there and I was like, get me another doctor. I'm never seeing that man again. Um, and you do have to take responsibility for your own health. And even with me, like I have so many people ask me questions and message me. And sometimes I tell them I can lead you, point you in the right direction, but you have to want it. You have to want it so much that you are going to read every book and do all the research because if you're expecting the answers to be handed to you, you're not invested in this. And believe me, it takes, it takes, you have to invest everything like your whole life. It's a hundred percent commitment. Um, but it works. You know, you just, yeah, that's exactly what I tell people. How badly do you want to get better? Because here's the thing too. And I know you know this because when it comes down to AIP or, or, you know, going to a nude food paradigm, right? Because, you know, right. no one wants to give up the stuff they've been eating forever that they don't realize is hurting them. No, I mean, nobody wants that. I mean, people look at paleo and they go, what? I'm never gonna be able to eat bread again. Oh my God, this is a nightmare. But here's what I tell people. What's six months to a year in the grand scheme of your damn life? It is nothing. This is not a life sentence like you, not to every dairy. You might have a little scotch of it now and then, right? But, you know, mm-hmm. but how badly and how quickly do you want to get better? This right. is all up to you. And so while some people it's temporary until they get better and some people it's temporary, but I know you know this too. By the time you're down this road, you look back, you're like, I don't miss rice. <laughs> you know, I, like, I don't really miss yes. that. I have really, to, I'm still eating bacon burgers. Like I don't. There's nothing about that that's too crazy. And and then you know, too, your palate changes. And sometimes then blueberry and some fresh coconut whipped cream is too sweet or sweet right. enough. Whereas, you know, the cake and the donut, you just couldn't get enough of them. So, you know, your palate changes and it changes over time. But again, I'm so glad you're pushing that because we have to be our own best health advocates. Right. And uh, if And this is even what I tell people who I coach, which is... You can come to me, right? I can tell you how to work with your doctor or tell you sort of how to look at, you know, thyroid dosing or this and the other. But if you think you're going to get away with not learning it also yourself, you're mm-hmm. going to lose. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's talk about some of the concepts in your book. I mean, you, you do talk about, you know, how the body uses food to create energy and metabolic flexibility, something Marcus mm-hmm. talks about all the time. 
over time, I mean, you went paleo and then you dove a little bit deeper. What are some of the important concepts you want people to take away from this conversation? I want people to understand that they don't, like the path to making it truly sustainable is to making it their own. So even if you might start with a program or a protocol, you know, you're going to have to evolve. You can't be stuck in that elimination phase forever. You know, that's just meant to be an endeavor to discover what trigger foods are, or maybe what foods don't, you know, like do you a little harm, or you don't feel so hot, but understanding the mechanisms behind things, the why, you know, people I see they're eliminating food groups and then they feel better, but they don't understand why they feel better. So they never reintroduce foods. And I want to give people that understanding that like, I want, I feel like everyone needs a health coach and a chef. And so that's what I want with this book. Like, it's kind of like your health coach, your health coach companion to explain to you what's happening. And I like the, the most basic things are overlooked today. You know, there people are, focusing on macros over food quality. People are focusing on, you know, what they're eating versus how they're eating it, the timing, their stress levels, their, you know, they're overtraining, under eating, you know, they're pretty much a complete burnout. And then they're wondering why they're not seeing results or, you know, and it's like, you can eat all the feel good foods in the world, all your you know, you're the healthiest food ever. But if you're eating it at your desk, rushed, not chewing your food, guzzling a LaCroix, answering emails, guess what? You're still going to have indigestion. It's probably still going to cause leaky gut. You know, we have to look, we have to kind of rewind a little bit, go further, simplify. And I, I want to give people the foundational health. So it's the foundation which they can build upon their healthy lifestyle and not feel like they're married to food rules. Like I love keto. Keto was life, a game changer for me. Like I love being, becoming metabolically flexible. Everyone should be able to dip into ketosis, even, you know, cyclically. I think it's how we evolved and I want to teach people to do that, but in a non-dogmatic way, because, Hey, some people do better with more carbs in their diet, maybe because they're more active, you know, depends on your metabolic history. And I wanted to create a book for this space, um, that, that explain that, you know, that there are no labels in the book. It's a non, there are no dietary labels in the book. I just wanted it to be, Hey man, this is real food. This is what real food does to your body. This is how your system should work. This is how the dysfunction occurs. And look, these are these amazing superfoods that help support that system. So, yeah. And that's um, really what the first section of your book does. It's like having a health coach there and a chef walking you through a nutritional (laughs) therapy approach, actionable tips to get it in balance. Right. Right. And that's really important too, because you can put out a bunch of recipes, but if you're not explaining this journey a little bit, which you do very well. So I, I, yeah, I love this one. What are, um, you know what, let's throw out, what are some of your favorite recipes or what people look and they go, Mm. Ooh, that one, you know I mean? Cause there's some basics, right. But like, let's talk about some unique ones you got. Okay. So I will say my, my flavor profiles in general are anything but basic. And that's kind of my calling card in the space uh, where I operate. Like that's what, how my blog has kind of grown because I'm, I'm not just like remaking the same recipes over and over that on the internet, like I, I create completely authentic recipes. Cause as a restaurant chef, when I start, when my friend was like, start a food blog, I was like, what's a food blog? Like, I don't look up recipes online. I write them, you know? Um, so some of my favorites, actually, my husband was just, I got, oh, I got the first copy. You know how, you know, the feeling, right? The first copy of the book arrived in my house today. Wow. Um, yay. Yeah. I cried. Um, nice. So my husband's looking through it and he was like, oh man. So one of the recipes, which I think is just divine is I have these crispy chicken chips. So they're pita chips, essentially they're thin, crispy, crunchy chips, but they're made of chicken. Um, and it's a sheet pan recipe because all the recipes in the book are sheet pan, one pot, pressure cooker, so they're all really easy. 
But what I love about this recipe is I think snack foods and crunchy, salty are one of the hardest things that people miss when they try to eat healthier, grain-free or low-carb. But as we know, protein is extremely difficult to overeat, right? And so I created this recipe that's super protein-dense, like essentially zero-carb, and you can eat these chicken chips with some guac or like a nice herb sauce. And I have all these different like, oh my God, this like green onion relish in the book. And essentially you're going to have a meal because by the time you're done snacking, you're going to be so satisfied. You just had a nutrient dense, protein rich meal. Boom. And you're not going to have empty calories, right? So the chicken chips are one of my favorites. Um, I love that idea. And I love crispy chicken skin. <laughs> God, me too. And they're not made from the chicken skin. So they're made from ground chicken. But I know oh, you're talking about the chicken skin. Yeah, it's amazing. So, um, and then another recipe that I really love is, um, okay, so people are going to think I'm obsessed with crispy food, but I kind of am. Not all the food is crispy, people. I promise, just my favorites. <laughs> um, another one that I made these crispy, um, these crispy salmon wraps and um, I love salmon. I, I talk a lot in the book about omega-3, omega-6 fatty acid balance and essentially how important it is to to manage inflammation. So I do have a lot of excellent seafood recipes, even people who hate seafood. So this uh, salmon recipe is I take the side of like, you can take like coho salmon is my favorite or sockeye um, and I cure it. So since you put a little salt and uh, citrus zest on it and you cure it in your fridge overnight and then you slice it into little strips with the skin on and you pan fry these cured little strips. So curing that salmon in the fridge overnight gives it a nice little crust over the meat. And so you pan fry it um, skin side down until the skin is like super crispy. You flip it over quickly, give it a nice brown. And you these little, it's almost like salmon bacon. And they're so crispy. And I serve them in lettuce wraps with some pickled radishes and some fresh dill um, and some everything but the bagel seasoning. Oh my gosh. And they're beautiful. It's colorful. It's nutrient dense. Um, I served it at a dinner party and people were just going wild over that one. Um, another one I, I make a lot that people love is um, this meatballs and gravy. And this is a slow cooker recipe, but the recipe is so easy. The meatballs are made. I use a little psyllium husk in the in the meatballs and there's they're egg free. So it's very allergen friendly. Um, but then you put them in the slow cooker and over it, you pour this gravy, but the gravy is just made by sauteing a ton of mushrooms with garlic and herbs. And you deglaze it with a little bit of vinegar. And then you blend that with bone broth and a little bit of nut free of a dairy free milk. And it becomes this rich, creamy gravy. You pour that over the meatballs in the slow cooker and you slow cook it for four hours. And even the psyllium husk in the meatballs, um, because of, um, it kind of gets like gelatinous as it cooks or when it gets wet. And so it thickens the sauce. And so you end up getting this rich kind of Swedish meatball situation. Yeah. I love those. <laughs> yes. But it's dairy free. It's allergen friendly, you know, and it's so easy. It's, it's like hands off ready in four hours. Um, yeah. And then, you know, there's some basic classics. Like I have a cauliflower fried rice that's made in the sheet pan that's to die for. I add hemp hearts to it. So it has an extra crunch to it. Um, I have, um, oh my gosh, I have like, you know, pumpkin pancakes made with um, some cashew butter and eggs. It's just like three ingredients. I have a flourless chocolate cake that has no sweetener added. Um, so it's like five ingredients. It's a super elegant dessert. Um, and that's another thing. So I was very cautious of people's needs for this book. So other than recipes being marked like AIP friendly or coconut free or egg free or nut free, I don't use any sugar alcohols in the book. Um, I use stevia and then I use some yacon syrup or people can use honey so they can really make the recipes to work for them. You know, I wanted it to be, um, yeah. And also fun fact, all the recipes, a ton of recipes have a lot of, 
uh, nutrient density nuggets, you know, like this recipe is high in vitamin C or this recipe is high in vitamin D or this recipe has a lot of fiber. And I kind of want people to look at recipes like that, like, oh, not the macros, but what nutrition is in this? What is this good for? What is this going to accomplish in my body? So. I'm sure you've had so many people contact you with success stories in, you know, fixing their HS after following your journey and getting on that. Tell us some of the, you know, wonderful sort of 180 degree stories you've heard from other, you know, people who have been suffering, whether it's HS or something else and, you know, have come to you or found you and have been able to turn it around. Yeah, it's been, it's, that's probably my favorite part of the job, getting these messages. Um, you know, just today there's this, you know, this, a follower and he was messaging me about, um, how my blog and his wife has HS and how, um, cooking my recipes has, you know, not only helped her get into remission, but also just helped their entire family, um, like make better choices and they all have more energy and they're sleeping better and their kids are healthier. Um, I had this amazing story once, um, this woman emailed me, um, after following my blog and she did one of my reset plans and she said her whole family did it together. And then on day three or four of the plan, her 10 year old looked up at her and said, mommy, I can breathe. And finally, for the first year time in years, didn't have like a post nasal drip or stuffy nose so much that this child decided on their own to eat this way, like all the time, because they could finally breathe. You know what? I love that. I want to just bring that up to this. You know, okay, there's a lot of stuff out there that's sad. But what saddens me is when um, I see young kids, and they do have that post nasal drip. and, And it's like right after they drink a glass of milk, and you're like, hello, parents. How are you guys not connecting this? You know what I mean? And if this is your child, then something is off. That's not normal. It's not normal. Okay. So I just need to hit that home. And it's hard to talk to other parents about their children. Nobody wants to hear any advice from other people. But if you have an opportunity to enlighten someone on that, sometimes it starts right there. You know, it's just like removing dairy. And this is such a big thing. And yet kids are, you know, listen, part of my generation, like people grew up drinking like whole milk and you had a glass of milk every day and whatever. Okay, we now know that's a bunch of BS, but people are still kind of following that and putting that into their kids' lives. And then they've, if your kid's stuffy or they're nasally all the time, how do you not notice that? Stop ignoring these signs from your kids. It means it's food. It's not an inherent problem of theirs. Do you know what I mean? Likely. I mean, it could be some crazy allergy to dogs, whatever. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing. Like, I mean, so Chris Kresser wrote my forward, which was really cool. So yeah, Mark Sisson actually wrote the forward for my first book. And it was like the most amazing forward ever. And I cried when I read it. And he's just great. Um, But and so Chris Kresser wrote this one. And something that he really mentions in, in this book is in the forward is that we have normalized chronic illness. In our society, we have normalized these symptoms. So you have people, I mean, of course, they're not putting the connections between their kids and the post-nasal drip because they're taking Prilosec or Tums or Zantac with every meal because they think acid reflux is normal or the headaches are popping a Motrin or Tylenol. I mean, I forget that this is how I used to live. Antacids every day, NSAIDs every day, or ibuprofen for a headache. Like people, we have normalized these things. People are getting on statins without batting an eye or, you know, and so that's really something that I address in the book where it's about, hey, do you have these symptoms? Do you have bloating or burping or gas? Do you have like post-nasal drip? Do you have like, if you have off stools, if your stools are weird, you know, um, if you wake up in the middle of the night or you get antsy between meals, like if you get migraines or depression or anxiety or lower back pain, like all of these are connected to things that can be remedied through your diet and lifestyle choices. Right. And that's such a big part of what the book is about. And so 
I mean, I have a six-year-old boy who, same thing, when he started popping up with a little post-nasal drip or even, you know, little bumps on the arm, I mean, we changed his diet and he already ate mostly paleo, but he did have some dairy. But around three years old, he developed a dairy aversion. And it's probably because I breastfed him for two years. So he never had cow dairy until he was three or four. And then when, when it was introduced into his diet, guess what? It was a no fly. So we took it out, you know? Yeah, um, that's amazing. Um, yeah. Also, too, just let's give a shout out like uh, amazing that the first forward was Marxist and your second is Chris Kresser. Could you have two better people in this space writing the forwards to your book? That's I so know. amazing. Okay, so tell us this. So thecastawaykitchen.com, that's the main site. Tell us how we can benefit from your knowledge, um, you know, your books. Do you do private coaching? What if someone's like, I really want to just speak to her? And, you know, I yes, I read her book, but I want to talk to her. Do you do coaching? How can people benefit and get better through all the work that you're doing? Yeah. So I'm very active on social media. My blog is a huge free resource. So I have hundreds of recipes and you can sort the recipes through nutritional needs. And I think what people don't realize is like, you know, when you are making these lifestyle changes, food is at the center of it, your food choices. And that's what I, that's the main part of my work. I want to make it sustainable, right? Because if you don't have recipes that you enjoy, then you're not going to be like apt, you're not going to want to stick to it. It's going to be miserable. And I know how emotional it can be. Right. Um, so yes, I have tons of recipes and resources and articles on my blog and I'm always sharing like, you know, more information in my newsletter and my social media. I do a lot of cooking videos on Instagram. Um, so just free resources. I really want people to help people. Like that's my, that's my main goal in life. And then my books, of course. Um, but yeah, you can work with me. So I actually just accepted a position, um, with Dr. Becky Campbell's practice. So I am now officially her in-house health coach. So, um, if on my website, if you want to work with me, um, I'm still offering some level of one-on-one coaching with just me, but for the most part, um, you can get two for one. So you come to Dr. Becky's practice and it's great because she's a functional medicine doctor. Um, and you get both of us, which is kind of fantastic. Um, and what I love about the one-on-one coaching is that, especially with Dr. Campbell was that she can, you know, she puts people on these protocols, she runs all the labs, but then I get the people and they're, you know, a few weeks into their protocol and they're having a hard time sticking to it. Right. And they're like, well, I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to stick to low carb paleo or low histamine or the thyroid program. But, you know, I find it so hard. I don't know what to cook. And incredibly, just by giving people the resources, like, hey, what's your favorite food? What's the food you miss the most in the world? Oh, you know, I really miss, um, you know, like fried rice. Great. I'm going to give you a recipe that's compliant with your protocol that you can eat and you can enjoy. And the messages I get from people like they, you know what it gives them? It gives them hope. And when someone is trying to heal and they've lost hope because they feel miserable with the food because they don't know, we forget we've been in this world for so long, Al, this you know, paleo sphere that we forget that people coming from standard American diet, wanting to heal through food, feel completely unarmed, unready and lost. Yeah. And so I want to help people not feel lost and give them the tools they need so that they can succeed in their food as medicine journey. Well, you have done exactly that. It's amazing the work that you're doing. Please follow Christina, thecastawaykitchen.com, and there's links to connect with her on social media. And of course, we will put all of the links and a full bio and everything that you need in our show notes to connect with her. Is there anything you'd like to leave our audience with? Yeah. Um, so at the Castaway Kitchen on social media, and of course the book, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but Made Whole is already anywhere books are sold and Made Simple launches March 10th. So very exciting. Excellent. Thanks so much. We will be all looking out for that. And again, appreciate the work you're doing and for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. 
Hey, Primal Blueprint listeners. Did you know that Primal Kitchen Collagen Peptides help support hair, skin, and nails? Well, we offer a variety of collagen products to suit everyone's palate, from unflavored to mango pineapple or golden turmeric to our keto matcha or chai tea collagen latte mixes and more. Visit us at primalkitchen.com and start fueling your day with collagen peptides. Hi, folks. Mark Sisson here. If you found your way to the primal path and want to help others live primally too, then visit primalhealthcoach.com to learn how you can join our mission to help 100 million people reclaim their health and how you can turn your passion for wellness into a profitable health coaching career that you love. The world needs health coaches. The world needs you. So visit primalhealthcoach.com today to learn more.